Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome Hello. to the Saturday morning Dungeons and Dragons show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Hello. Yep, just, just showing off all that Matt Colville stuff. So excited. Repping Matt. It's like a fanboy over here. I am super, super fanboy. Super you know who else boy. is a super fanboy? Your whiny dogs. They're like, yeah. they're like, give me all of the Colville isms. Did you <laughs> did you get the minis from his last Kickstarter? No, no I didn't do any book? of the minis. The books, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so my my dungeon master, who uh, he actually, I posted this on. Well, I'll get it later, but he made mm-hmm. me a dice box, which is really cool, and he like engraved Ooh. some stuff on it. Oh yeah, it, I it saw looks that. really nice. I posted some photos on Twitter. Um, but, uh, he got the minis and I'm really excited to see them. Like I want to, I'm like, oh, it's going to be so cool when these minis show up and he's, <laughs> he's all excited to paint them and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, words and things where Dungeons and Dragons talk show, apparently we just talk about Matt Colville. It's really great. Uh, all yeah. of the fun Could things. you imagine painting that size of a mini though? Cause those ones look really cool. They those did. They look dragons really and yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like WizKids has been, and we'll talk about. Actually, we can talk about it now. But WizKids is putting out these really big minis. They did that mm-hmm. that uh, Shardalon dragon for Icewind Dale, but they all come pre painted. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if Reapers does large. I mean, they must do huge minis like that because everybody wants like a big final boss kind of a thing Set to fight. Piece, yeah. yeah. So, um, but it would be it would be interesting and a fun challenge to paint something that big, uh, mm-hmm. a mini when they're huge. Uh, well, how many of the Hero Forge things did you get? Because you were doing a bunch of Hero Forge stuff for a while there too. Um, the I'll, Make well, Your yeah. Own Mini I, I mean, website. but they, those are like I guess they have larger ones. But I, I never got larger them? ones. I just got like little, oh, you got the regular ones, yeah, regular yeah, yeah. size ones, and and those are fun. Those are lots of fun. Those are awesome. Um, and then okay, so speaking of of D and D and Wiz Kids, uh, sure. I really like this new <laughs> website that uh, Wizards of the Coast and uh, mm-hmm. Wiz Kids have like built together. And it's dndmini.com. Again, these guys are not sponsored, but you can go and see all of the like miniatures that they're specifically making for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and it's really cool. And the new one that's coming out is they're going to release Orcus, Demon Lord of Undeath. Um, that's awesome. And he's got his cool Orcus wand and his like, it, it just, he looks really cool. So <laughs> this is, uh, this is new and uh, it's going to come out in late November or something. Um, yeah. and I think this is tying in with their, their new, uh, release is called Fang and Talon and it's mm-hmm. all, uh, it's not tied to a specific product like, um, Icewind Dale or something like that. So they, they're releasing monsters that are just like, these are the, we're going to flesh it out, you know, cause before yeah, it was sense. like, we're going to release monsters for, uh, Morden Kanan's Tome of Foes. And it's like all the mm-hmm. monsters that in there will get minis and stuff, but this is, yeah. So I thought that was cool. Orcus is awesome. I'm kind of surprised we still don't have like a Demi Gorgon one. Cause I thought Demi Gorgon was like <sighs> one of my favorites, one of the more popular ones. Yeah. But yeah. Um, he, anyway, this mini looks cool. It looks straight out of the five E art and, it, and I think mm-hmm. it's really awesome. So, well, I think we're in the golden age of two things. Well, maybe three things. If you count role-playing games have come back in a big mm-hmm. way in the last couple of years. Um, but also we're in the, in the age of 3d printing. Yeah. Right. Almost accessible to most people. And the modeling programs have gotten good enough that amateurs can create fantastically detailed, miniatures i mean all these kickstarters have all these miniatures that are going with them all these board games that are being built these days have all these crazily detailed stuff so no longer is it meant just a sculptor needs to do it and then they make a mold off that and then they cast it in pewter or whatever they used to do you know the plastics and stuff nowadays it's just like all of that stuff's accessible with you know I think the internet bringing them all together, the 3D printing coming together, mm-hmm. the 3D modeling programs getting easier and better to use and more artists can use them easier. And then all of a sudden we have miniatures for everything. You know, you yeah. can have all kinds of really cool stuff on your table. Um, so that's super cool. I mean, it's amazing the stuff they can do at no, this point. 100. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah, right. And, and just, uh, I was talking about this recently with a lot, somebody else just about, um, the we we have so much accessible technology now that you think about Mm -hmm. it and you're just like yeah if you wanted to make short films you had to be very wealthy to have all of this production quality and and Mm -hmm. not quality but like production equipment and 
film, physical film, and then you had to have a place to edit that film and things like that. So not only did you have to have an idea, but nowadays you're like, I have an idea it's like an iPhone, and I'm going to use my phone. <laughs> yeah. And how many, yeah. how many people are becoming like TikTok stars because they had a clever yeah. idea and they're just like, Oh, okay. You know? And, and so, yeah. uh, and we had, a the, Oh, I feel bad now, but we had that gentleman on, uh, from the, the dungeon something. I'm really bad. Oh, oh yeah. Well, there's so many dungeon shows out there, so there it's is. hard to get them all. Uh, but yeah, he yeah. specifically said, "Hey, uh, I film everything on my phone, and like his video yeah. production is great, and so it looks really cool." Yeah. I, I apologize. I, I just am blinking. I'd have to look. At, yeah, Dungeon Dudes <laughs> keeps running in my head because yeah, I, I was just on their website <laughs> earlier, so I can't get that out of my head to That's remember funny. for you. <laughs> but yeah, so lots of lots of fun, cool stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. They're doing really interesting things. Uh, dungeon Coach. Animal yes, thank you. It was the Dungeon Coach. Thanks, Animal. Um, I was actually That's our Australian. So uh, we have not the most news to talk about in the worlds no. of Dungeons and Dragons, um, but we'll talk about things that kind of popped up, like the really amazing Orcus one, Orcus Whiskids figure. Also, they're coming out with a, a hand and eye of Vecna, and it's like a real size, so it's not a, it's not like small. It's like a real size, and it's got a glass yeah. dome. Uh, it's a hundred. I'm sure that's going to show up I, behind you. I want it so bad. <laughs> yeah. So bad. We're going to see it on your shelf behind you. I'm uh, sure of it. Tasha's has been delayed for certain buyers. Uh, and most mm. of those buyers are outside of the U S but if you bought, uh, Tasha's on Amazon, some people are getting messages that their book might be delayed by a, a week. Um, yeah. and if you're in Europe, uh, a lot of people are saying that they're not getting their books until December. So, yeah, and I think uh, COVID kicked in yeah. hardcore in some places across the globe again. So then it more things got shut down that were started to get printing after the last shutdown. Yeah. But now things are swinging back. And around. I wonder, so I think I wonder if it's printing has yeah. delayed it or if it's the shipping has problems. But mm-hmm. one of the two, who knows? Um, it should still be on D&D Beyond. So we'll be able to talk about what's going on uh, yeah. in more in more detail. But also uh I have uh, uh, mine hasn't been delayed. Sorry. <laughs> so like my my email still says that it's going to be here on time. And I imagine your local GameStop or game shop will have some copies. Maybe not all the ones they wanted, but if you get there early, you could probably get a copy that way. Yeah, most like in the U.S. Yeah. I would assume. Maybe maybe Canada is included in that, but I don't know. Um, there was a. I mean, Canada is so close to the U.S. I don't understand why it takes longer. You would think. There was uh, a new spell that was announced. Uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast has been talking with uh, GameSpot doing these articles, which is just kind of funny that they, I don't know. There's so many, but maybe they don't have to advertise to the tabletop world. I think we've talked about this before, that they're like, Mm -hmm. we could talk to people that don't know about D&D. So they did a GameSpot uh, article, and this one particularly was about Spirit Shroud. Well, it was about Mind Sliver and Spirit Shroud. But uh, this was a cool spell. Did you check this out at all? Well, Spirit Shroud is, I thought, that's still one of the Tasha's ones, right? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They're they're yeah, announcing yeah, yeah. new things. And so Spirit Shroud was announced on this uh, GameSpot article. Yeah. Um, and it's a con- concentration spell, necromancy. It's a bonus action to activate. But uh, you have spirits that swarm around you. Um, and all of these spirits, uh, you can, uh, well, when you make a a physical attack, uh, oh no, it says any attack. So if you make a spell attack too, uh, you do, you deal an extra 1d8 damage, um, when you hit a creature within 10 feet of you. Uh, and this damage is radiant, necrotic, cold, uh, any creature that takes the damage can't regain hit points until the start of your next turn. So That's really cool one. for some of those regenerating monsters, but I like that it can be flavored however you want. So if you yeah. are the like, you know, brooding evil anti-paladin, you could do this with necrotic damage or you could do this. But I don't I don't know if it's a paladin spell. I think it's just wizards and warlocks and stuff, but Yeah, because powerful. you get you get one for clerics, right? You get your um we always call it the blender in our game. Oh, really? When the when the cleric uses the the spirit guardians uh-huh. spell which is you know guardians all around you mm-hmm. and they have to make a save or take damage but there's also in the barbarian line i think it's the path of the 
ancients or path of oh uh, yeah those those spirits that fly around there's a spirit yeah. one they're spirit guardians there and they do the same thing your your ancestors show up mm-hmm. they're within a 10 foot radius and as you're hitting they're adding some damage in it also so yeah. there's like a, a d roll of some sort which is pretty cool so i, I think mean, or might trigger off a bonus action or yeah. something like that yeah it's fun it's one of those like i like the concentration mechanic for 5e because mm-hmm. you can't stack certain things but it's funny yeah. where my brain instantly goes where I'm like, if I have Spirit Shroud and I have Hunter's Mark and I have this, so you start like adding all of these different things. And yeah. it's a I've seen it in multiple homebrew games, uh, like a wizard clockwork owl that sits on your shoulder and lets you concentrate on two spells at once. But Wizards yeah. has never made that magic item. And I totally no. see why. Because <laughs> the minute that they have add something that's official, um, Boy, it's like, over. You're, it's all over. Yeah. And you're going to be yeah, like, wizards oh. go through the roof again because they're pretty good in this edition. Wizards wise, you paladins can do big damage. Fighters can do big damage. Uh, thieves can do big damage. Everybody can kind of do a build. Yeah. But I think if you gave concentration didn't matter and you could have any of those spells up. Oh, my God. Wizards and spellcasters go through the roof again. But um, it'd be fun to try a game like that. Be a DM, understand you're going to have to up the the difficulty because you know how powerful they're going to get. But then really let them come up with some crazy spell combinations if all of a sudden they'd have to worry about concentration. Um, Maybe they're still timed in some way. Maybe they're a shorter time. Mm -hmm. Maybe instead of their one-minute ones, maybe they're 30-second spells, which is still five rounds in a combat. So that's still pretty significant. Um, you know, and I've been thinking a lot about risk re- reward. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Can't talk risk reward uh, because I'm working on some spell jammer rules for uh, 5e. And mm. what I would like to see is yes, you can concentrate on two spells, but instead of making a constitution uh, concentration check at the when you get when you take damage. Um, now you have to make a concentration check after every turn. So mm. like, it's because it's so difficult holding these two magic at the same time. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I could do this or I could lose both of them. Like or, that would, you know, this should have been in uh, bardic inspiration, but what if, if you, you can attempt the second one to keep that second one going, you have to lose like three hit points around or four hit points around. Yeah. So it's slowly, your health is going down. And you have to weigh how long you're going to keep that second one up yeah. before you have to shut it off. Plus, you could get hit and both could go down and you've been taking internal damage from oh, trying to. Yeah. That could be fun with a risk reward thing where you're because, you know, in Numenera, when we play Numenera, when you want to power your things, that's your health pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's where your damage <laughs> like is coming yeah. from. So I really like that that technique of. All right, I'm going to power something I want to do, but that's also hurting me by doing it. So exactly interesting. Very yeah, interesting. Um, the evocation wizard actually kind of has that because uh, you can do max damage on a spell, but mm-hmm. if you use it more than once a day, every time you do that, you take uh, necrotic damage, and it keeps getting yeah, higher. Yeah, so feedback. So you could potentially cool. kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love it. Love it. Um, There was a Polygon article where they were talking about uh, different monk options. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's it's this idea of optional class features, which we were... I was looking at this, and it kind of makes me think that the Kensai... Is it Kensi? Kensai monk? It's useless now. Um, Because Mm. you get a dedicated weapon at second level. This is an optional class feature that you can add to any monk. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you can have a martial weapon... You have to have proficiency with it, but like it becomes a monk weapon. So all of a sudden, if I take a, a long sword, I've got a monk weapon long sword. And then you can use key to uh, do extra attacks and stuff. Uh, and I don't know, but I was like, isn't that the whole idea of the Kensai monk is that you have, but I guess you get two. You would they get, give a, you, yeah, a, and you get, you get a bow and a, and a <clears throat> thing. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. And you get more damage at some point and, your Kensai weapons become monk weapons mm-hmm. yeah, for all of that. And you get, they give you proficiency in them instead of you having to pick one you have proficiency with, but I don't know if that's much of a difference. Yeah, that's true. Although it is because monks don't get martial weapons to start with. Do they, they get simple weapons maybe they just get simple and weapons not and short martial. And stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Unless you do a, like a feed or something, but it says here, whenever yeah. you finish a short or long rest, you can touch one weapon, focus your key on it and then mm-hmm. count that weapon as a monk weapon until you use this feature again. 
And it just says simple or martial weapons, which you must be, oh, sorry, you must be proficient with it and it must lack the heavy and special properties. Okay, that's what I was there looking for. Because I'm so like, a little bit, yeah, I was like, you don't want to have like a great sword monk. Uh, although that would be really cool, but <laughs> yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah, a polearm monk, a, a spear. Mulan used a spear, right? Two handed big weapon. That'd be cool. uh, so I don't know, but I haven't. I've never played a monk. Uh, I had one in my. I had the shadow monk, which is really powerful. Uh, we had another. We have a oh, like the the drunken master monk in my mm-hmm. wild mount game, and yeah, my my DM was just oh, he's like man, they just stun everything like that stunning strike, and they get all of their. Uh, their mobility is so in the mobility they like run crazy so it's weird because i think there's like a running joke that monks are bad but i'm like i really feel like they're overpowered but i I think monks are bad from a dm's point of view well they are frustrating (laughs) because it messes your encounter up that you thought you could carefully craft so it'd be super challenging for them and then all of a sudden they break that on you. <laughs> yeah. I, but I got to play one in um, uh, LB's campaign. She was running at her house for a little bit. And, and I cheated a little bit there. I did a tabaxi monk. Oh, <laughs> which was so terrible. you could climb the walls and do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was totally breaking the rules. I used it for mobility and just helping my party out. I didn't totally abuse it. Like I didn't go overboard with it, yeah. but even though I know I could, but it was, it was a cool character. I might bring that one back at some point. Uh, Too fun. That's a fun one. Uh, what else is going on in the world of the internet and D&D? Well, it wasn't too much. I did notice that D&D Beyond is ramping up video-wise. I went over to Dungeons & Dragons. They didn't have anything new. They had no lore videos this week. Um, they had just a couple of things on their their live shows. They had a couple of dragon talks to just random people from different parts of, you know, whatever the community is. Um because they're tapping a lot of different people lately in their last couple months of who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're artists. Sometimes they're like one was a New York times writer a couple weeks ago. So, you know, just different people that touch in on D and D cause they play D and D at some point, but they have other interesting careers and stuff too. Um, so I didn't see anything there that I thought our crowd would be like ready to jump on, but D and D beyond definitely had several videos on Tasha stuff that we've all been perusing over and they kind of give their opinions on the armor artificer, the genie warlock, which I know you love and probably will play at some point. I do like it. Uh, Way of the Ascendant Dragon. We were just talking about monks, which I think was cool. And, and one I'm still interested in is the Drake Warden. Yeah. Um, I'm still thinking that's high on my list to play at some point if I get into another campaign. So if you want to watch kind of, you know, the D&D Beyond crew, which is... Um, Todd Kenrick. Adam and, yeah, and Ken and they're talking about their different stuff. And I think uh, uh, Lauren's on there quite a bit. Yeah. Although Lauren's on there quite a bit. So they're talking about stuff. And they had one for sidekicks. So they had one for the, the classes and then one for the sidekicks. So to get just more information on sidekicks. Which I mean, I'm excited because we're using sidekick rules. We've got a nice Ken Koo e- expert in ours who's been turning into a pretty fun character. Um, Danimal, our DM, loves to uh, – he's using pop culture – snippets to communicate with the party so he's just using like you know just this random stuff that comes from movie lines and that's the only way this character interacts with us verbally. Oh, man. and he does voices and all kinds of cool it's stuff a, but he's fun in the game he's fun as a companion moving around um it's been fun to add just a little bit of that flavor to to the character mm-hmm. i think i don't think it's overpowered anything you know it hasn't um you know, some of our other characters are probably more overpowered than that. So it's been fun. I could see how if you had somebody that was newer to the game and you gave them a sidekick to just ease them into the number of options and the number of things they might choose to do during a turn, Mm -hmm. because it's really just like a DM stat block that you're using, which is kind of more consumable, I think, for a new person than the big giant character sheet. You know, like, okay, hey, I talked to you into playing D&D for the first time. Here's your three-page character sheet with your bio and all your stuff on it. Here's your spell pages. Here's your, you know, it can get a little overwhelming for somebody pretty new, I think. Yeah, I like the idea of, uh, especially if you're doing a show, like where you're streaming a and d show or something like that, and you're like, hey, I want to have this guest come on but how do I like fit it in? And like, they don't know any, you know, like and you roll up yeah. a seventh level character and they're just like, I, I don't know. Sidekicks is really great. Cause I'm like, just play this. And I was yeah. thinking about it. Cause I did that with uh, the hype goblin. She was on rod of seven parts 
mm-hmm. and I just gave her a succubus. I'm like, you're a succubus here. Here's your stat. And I just gave Here's her the monster. Cool stuff and I was to like, play with. Yeah. you can do whatever the monster can do. And she was like, yeah. oh, that's cool. And so, yeah, it yeah. was fun. But it's cool. The stat black lays it out too. Cause you usually have like two or three signature things you can do. They explain them pretty well and pretty, pretty succinctly. So if you just hand that to somebody, there's not a lot for you to go, oh, okay, I think I understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I could jump right into the game. You know, it's not too bad. Yeah, the Drake Warden, it looks like they're trying to fix the fix the Ranger because they're going to, it's kind of, the what you can do with the Drake Warden, it looks like the Beastmaster yeah. Ranger has an optional class Or to thing say, I think take. what they're fixing is the pet version of yes, the Ranger. Yes, that's what I meant. I think yeah. they're, they're trying to fix their pet mechanics, which yeah. I think they have realized at this point have, because I think everybody says it's the Ranger that was bad, but really what we're talking about, it's the pet mechanics that have been bad. And now we're getting better pet mechanics. I yeah. think that's a more, and I love it because we all, I like playing pets and I, I want to play more pets in my games. Yeah. Having a cool dragon next to you in the game. Could you imagine if that was your, you know, your um, wizard had a cool, I don't know, you got to ride a nightmare with you and, and fought with you or something you know that yeah. that really jumps into your theme of your character you have a pegasus or you have a you know um a griffin mount or you yeah. have a dragon mount or you have you know any you know, of these cool uh, things seven the warforged eldritch knight actually has a nightmare mount and it's really exciting i fly around doesn't that add the, like cool flavor to i the didn't whole? i didn't know this but nightmares can fly and uh, and so i'm like oh my gosh i've got like 60 80 feet of flight with this this fire horse it's amazing yeah um so yeah, i took those the, are the kind of stories you want to tell and i get like advantage yeah oh, so fun I, I tell me tell me your warforge then took his head off and rode oh, his nightmare around. no i haven't yeah <laughs> i haven't done that but I ask think, your dm if you could throw your head at people for damage i too, think that's something that would we be... need to talk about soon <laughs> um that yeah. would have been the greatest come on <laughs> <laughs> So that's all we had. We didn't, so we didn't have a lot of videos, but you can go check out some stuff on DMD Beyond. Um, it'll be fun when it comes out. The one Kickstarter I showed, um, I saw uh, Elise was um, advertising it this morning uh, on Twitterverse there. And it's incredible creatures, 100 creatures inspired for 5th edition on the art first. So I think what they did is they created the art first with no and then they Anything. were like, they how do we artists and said, like now, this. how do we create this cool? Yeah. Uh, then we give it stats or then we give it something. So that was the way I interpreted it. Um, the Kickstarter just kicked off, I believe today or yesterday or something like that there. So it's in its early days. Mm-hmm. You might go check that out. Um, and uh, I know Elise is tweeting on it and I retweeted it. If you want to find it, the links out very there on cool. it. Yeah. Um, so very cool. Yeah, uh, well, that was kind I'll, of news, uh, I'll throw though. that in the chat. Um, oh, oh in 10 days away, we get Tasha's book for those of us that can get it in 10 days. It's on the 17th, so we're on the 7th today. Um, I haven't heard when D&D Beyond gets it. I assume they don't get it any earlier, no, so no, I assume it's the 17th, yeah. yeah. So we should have it on the 17th then, at least electronically. And, you know, your people that are Roll20 fantasy grounds i'm sure those all release at that point yep. too so if you're doing it that way no it should be all released together as uh and that's how it has been for for previous things you know so yeah 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 they're gonna i'm gonna rue the day when they decide that all of a sudden dnd beyond gets it like a couple of days early because yeah. now it's almost forcing you to buy it twice if you want the book and, the, and you're just like dang you i, I want to choose my one way to buy it not yeah i, I wonder must buy it two different I wonder ways if they would ever do that or like if you're a premium yeah. subscriber, you get the book like a week early or something. That just yeah. feels. You know, I still feel like at some point, if you get their book, there should still be a way that you get the digital version of that. Yeah. Other companies do that. I think Wizards of the Coast is about the only one I could think of. Yeah. That don't I, give PDFs of their books to them when you purchase the actual physical book. Or, yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, and let's talk about that really quick. Um, sure. they've, they've addressed it saying yeah. if we. Yeah, the piracy if we want to give you like a code in the book for mm-hmm. something on D and D beyond or a digital version, they have to saran wrap the book and right. wizards of the coast feels that it sells better. If people can open up the player's handbook, flip through it and be like, Oh wow, that's so cool. So if they don't have it, you know, wrapped, then people open it up, they copy down the code and then they go home and get it for free. Right. Um, with uh, the starter set, that was a, sealed box and i think that gave you a discount to 
the adventure on D&D Beyond, or maybe it was the player's handbook, give you a discount code. They were able to do that because of, um, because it was sealed. The box set is yeah. sealed. Yeah, yeah, you can't and just get into it. And so, I don't know, because I, I've bought a couple things from um, Goodman Games, and they always give you mm-hmm. PDFs when, when you buy something from Goodman Games. Uh, and so, specifically, I bought something, and it was not sealed, uh, and so, and I bought it at a game store. This was during DCC days. I bought an adventure at a game store and I came home and that adventure has a code in it, but it wasn't sealed. So I guess they're just taking a risk by doing that or that code works for multiple people. I don't know. Like, yeah. So. Yeah. I've, Cause I've done the same thing. I've, a few of the other books, not from wizards of the coast have done that kind of same thing. I found the code in the back of the book and like, Oh, I can get the electronic version here. Yeah. If I want. Yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is like piracy happens either way. Like I, I can guarantee you within days of Tasha's being released, somebody will have ripped that book apart, scanned every yeah. page, created well, it's, a PDF. It's on, it's on Reddit right now. It, yeah, exactly. Point. Actually, you're right. <laughs> it's on Reddit right now. People are talking about it. So yeah, piracy happens regardless. Um, yeah. But I, I, I guess that's their mindset and maybe it's a, maybe it's a wrong mindset. I don't know, but I, I like the, I don't know. I, I love having PDFs and D and D beyond has been really good because I can, mm-hmm. Oh, I've got like an hour at work and I'm not going to lug my books with me to work. I can just, you know, yeah. da, 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 and I can plot my next game. And I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So having those digital options is always really nice. And especially when I'm using my, um, my laptop, my Chromebook at the table more, uh, I yeah. really like having that uh, PDF accessible and searchable. Just control F to find something is so nice. Yeah, yeah. I like using my tablets with those programs <laughs> yeah. too, because they're just made for tablet use. And, yeah. But if I'm going to sit down and read a book, like I don't want to sit and open the physical book. Crack it the open. Way, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm dumb. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So moving on to everybody's favorite part of the show, the Bardic Inspiration. <laughs> so exciting. So exciting. Um, but I didn't see a Jordan Bardic inspiration. Yeah, Jordan, so Jordan, am I carrying the show today? No, I, I was going to talk about some Spelljammer stuff. Okay, cool. Um, we'll we'll talk about it. So, do you want to lead off? Uh, do you want to go first though? What, what is your what what inspired you this week, sir? Well, when you read that, what pops into your head first? Uh, I want to so, see if you got the reference in the notes. Uh, in our notes, Lucian has written almost <laughs> fast and less serious. Um, I think this is probably uh, based on the 1980s movie Drive. Or yes, uh, yeah, I think you got it. Driven. I was worried that if you read it, you just would like, oh, okay, almost fast, but kind of a less serious game. But what I was really going for was Fast and Furious. Oh, but, Fast and Furious. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I had this idea of, um, and I think I think you might like this. I think this might get your brain going. Of a fun comedic style game very similar to an ack inc game if you watch the ack inc lives or you mm-hmm. watched how um c team kind of runs their stuff you know lots of humor in it lots of references to pop culture and stuff so really fun because i felt like over the last week or maybe even over the last month the world's been heavy enough that if you have a heavy game also, are you really getting your escapism? Mm-hmm. So maybe if we leave the world really nice and heavy at the moment and we do something really fun, maybe that helps with our escapism. So I wanted to come up with something that would be fun, comedic, um, just a way to get away from everything for a little bit. And I thought almost fast and less serious. The, the idea of the campaign is based around a merchant's guild as going to hire somebody to help them because the wagon trains they've been sending from either Silvery Moon, you can put it in your own campaign, but I'll put it in Faerun just to, to get it going. Waterdeep to Faerun is a big traveling route. Merchant Guild has been sending out um, their merchant trains, and they've been getting hijacked. And so they want to hire some people to figure out what's going on and stop the hijacking. And to add in some fun, they allow you, each player gets to customize their... Um, merchant train that they're going to use, the merchant wagon they're going to use 
to try to investigate this problem. Mm -hmm. So you can have, you know, you can add modifications to your, your wagon. So things that might make it quicker, but it's only in a straight line, things that might make it easier to jump over something, maybe something that disguises it as something else. Maybe you can add some mods that, um, allow you to turn better or maneuver better. And what I liked about this from a DM standpoint and then a player standpoint that I think you could get a lot of buy-in in is from a DM standpoint, you can come up with a lot of fun mechanics about chasing, having battles with yeah. fast moving um, vehicles, um, how you're going to set up traps and things. And, you know, so you can come up with a lot of cool stuff. How is weather going to handle this? How is the roads going to handle it? What kind of, um, are you going to use skill checks to do things? Are you going to use other, other skills that they can have or, or other ways to try to decide what's going on? Mm-hmm. So that's really fun for a dungeon master to come up with those kind of cool things that you don't get in a normal game. And from the players, once you tell them they get to customize their, you know, their wagon in certain ways, that seems really cool to me too. Just the, the idea of how they're going to describe the souped up traveling, whatever it is to, to do this. And then you still have, then as a dungeon master, you get to come up with what's the actual heist that's happening. Mm-hmm. What are they going to actually encounter? So if you go based off the movie, remember the movie was a, a big truck that would move in, the cars would come and surround it. While moving, they would rope across, get to the truck, steal what they needed, and then get off of the truck and then leave again in their cars. And it was all supposed to happen while it was moving. It wasn't as not dramatic as stopping it and doing it, right? It was all on the move. So I think if you keep that in mind, you want to keep the thing moving. You don't want to do anything as a dungeon master that says, I'm just going to block the road and they stop and that's how I'm going to hijack them everything's about while they're moving, I'm going to hijack them. So what do you do? Do you do an airship that maybe comes in and grabs it? Do you do something that comes up from uh, the ground? Like that's using like being pulled by bullets or something or being pulled by, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, crazy worms that are the, the big banded worms that are making tunnels and then they pop up and they grab it and then they move back down. And there's, then all of a sudden you're chasing them in the tunnels. Are you, is it an aerial kind of thing that's happening or is it, just like a, like your goblin, it kind of reminded me too of like how your goblins made something that looked like a, or your kobolds made something that looked like a, a dragon, their tank that looked like a dragon. What if it was this cool, big, you know, Mad Max semi truck of goblin creation or kobold creation. And it has big arms that pick it up and put it on and then it speeds off and it tries to do something. And there's a whole bunch of things going on. So I thought, it would give a huge amount of creativity to come up with, not only from the dungeon master side of it, but also from the player side of it, of what they were going to do to counter this and, and what could happen. So, so for me, keep it funny, keep it lots of references yeah. to pop culture, almost fast, less serious, as <laughs> fast yeah. and furious for your group. I so like, I, where's I was your mind thinking, going? Yeah. I was just thinking <laughs> if you did, um, if you, if you just put it on a map, like if I had my grid out and you just, you know, yeah. here's the semi truck that you want to steal. You guys are driving around it. And then mm-hmm. I was like, you know, it'd be interesting is if that was stationary um, because in our minds we're traveling, you know, 80 miles yeah. an hour down a road or something. Right. But then you as the dungeon master are like, oh, here's a tree. And so you're moving prop pieces down that they have yeah. to avoid. And I then like every every round, you're like, it's getting closer, it's getting closer, because you guys are moving, mm-hmm. so you're actually pulling debris and stuff. And and that would be yeah. fun, even if you could uh, do it random. Like, I'm mm-hmm. rolling uh, I'm rolling to see where this tree is, or I'm rolling to see right. that there's another car in front of you, or something like that. Um, yeah. This is funny, because it actually coincides with my bardic inspiration, is that I've been trying to think up some Spelljammer rules i've sorry i've been reading the spell jammer rules for ship to ship combat mm-hmm. and i'm like how can i update these for 5e um to make it fun and also not this like huge battle every time you run into something uh mm-hmm. and i started reading the uh appendix b for infernal war machines in Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. Yeah, they had some good stuff. You should also read that too. Yeah, sounds like you have. Yeah. Uh, And there's all sorts of really interesting things about how the ships collide and and repairing Mm -hmm. certain things and stuff like that. So uh, that's what I've been reading lately. And I took the idea of the um, infernal war machines and I'm like, if you just translate that to a ship, 
how does that work and things like that. And so uh, mm-hmm. in Spelljammer, everything's very like, well, I can move this amount and I can do this and this and this, but I think you need that risk reward. This is kind of going back to what I was talking about. <laughs> so if you're in the helm of the Spelljammer and let's say the ship's movement is three hexes, so I can, I can turn once and move two or I can move three in a straight line kind of a thing. Uh, I like the idea of like, what if you burn a spell slot like into the ship to get extra movement? But where's the risk? And so I was thinking about it, and there's a critical hit chart within Spelljammer that if bad mm-hmm. things happen to your ship or if the enemy gets a critical hit, you roll on this to see, like, oh, what extra thing happens, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, in this instance, I was like, what you should do is if whenever I, you know, juice my machine with my magical powers, let's say I put a level one spell slot into it to go one square further then I roll on a D20. If it's a one, then I get a critical hit and I have to roll on the critical hit table. Like uh, you, mm. you take extra damage or something like there. It was right. stressful on you. Um, or like, and I just keep thinking like, okay, we're going to push it into overdrive. And then you have the engineer Scotty. It's <laughs> like, I can't give it anymore. Yeah. And like fires <laughs> happening and the, the star Trek consoles sparks and your poor Henson's down. Um, yeah. But if I wanted to go even farther, let's say I put a level five, uh, spell slot into it. Well, now I can move five squares, but on that D20, if I roll a one, a two, a three, a four, or a five, then you get the critical hit. So, like, mm. if I really need to get away, I can, like, push it, and I can get away if I'm trying to escape, or I can try and catch this enemy, uh, but I could also, you know, you have a higher percentage chance of, of getting that critical failure. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. I thought that was a fun idea, and I've kind of fine-tuning this with actual mechanics of fighting in space. And Mm -hmm. then I want to do like a rules light one, more of like a skill challenge. So it's like, instead of having an all out combat, could we just do a quick skill challenge to get to the crux of what you want to do with this? You know, Mm -hmm. like an asteroid. Going back to your idea of your mat is there and things are flying by. Yeah. I think every round you would roll a set of dice and each of the things would change position based on, the dice rolls. So, yeah. you know, at once that you're in there in the middle and you guys are on the outside round two, the way the rolls happen. Now you're in the middle and they're on the outside and this one's over here. And the, so you just keep changing the position of these things based off of dice rolls and randomness and things mm-hmm. are moving along and you explain it by rocks and trees and trees are coming in and stuff. And I think it'd be really cool because all of a sudden your players are having to readjust their plan yeah based on everything keeps moving on them, you know, everything's flying. And, and I also like the idea, like we were just off air. We were talking a little bit about um, the Mandalorian episode. We had just watched. Is that a TV show? I don't know. Yeah. I haven't heard of it. We should do a a Sunday morning Mandalorian show. We should do, (laughs) but uh, not to spoil for anybody that hasn't seen it, but there's a, there's a something relevant to what you were just talking about was spaceships following each other. Right. So take that sequence that you, we just watched and think, how do I make that happen in my D and D game? Yeah. That crazy, cool, the, sh- the way the ships move, the way things were damaged, the way things were trying to follow each other, the way things getting in the way, all that stuff that was happening. I was like, Oh, that would be great if that happened in one of our D and D sessions yeah. when we have a spell jammer ship or something, you know, or I just like the idea of that. Yeah. So, so I was trying to get away less from, and and right now, I guess that, that's why I've been focusing just on movement. And so I the next step mm-hmm. to tackle and kind of play test with, and this sounds weird, but I'm play testing it with myself where I'm just kind of like, here's two ships and I'm rolling dice and attacking each other. And I'm kind of saying like, does this fun? Is this working? And so far mm-hmm. I like the mechanic of, of movement. Now we got to throw in the attacks and see where that comes in. So, yeah. But yeah. yeah very cool. Anyway, so it's kind of a, a light, a light uh, bardic inspiration, but I, I thought that was interesting that it's kind of similar. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, when I thought just something fun yeah. and, you know, you could name your character, one character could be Grom and the other one could be, you know, you could just, instead of Dom and you yeah. could have, you know, just thought you could go all fun. You could um, just like, they do put a lot of humor in it. So. Yeah. Instead of, instead of Vin Diesel, you're like Vin Diesel or something like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and even Dean they added more and more humor. Like when they started bringing the Rock in as one of the characters, and they they brought in Statham, um, uh, Jason Statham, Statham, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's Statham. He, they started adding a lot more humor in it because of the way they interacted and talked with each other. And you could do all the cool, the, all the funny cliche lines that they have in there. You know, it's like, we're family. <laughs> so he could do the Dom voice the whole time and it'd be funny. You could have a barbecue scene and you could, oh, yeah. you know, and then you could have the big fight over, we can't keep doing this anymore, man. <laughs> when, when some random NPC of the family dies or mm-hmm. whatever, we lost John, man. It's <laughs> harsh. So I just thought it'd be super fun. And, or you could go more Mad Max with it if you wanted to. So you could go crazy. You got some guy playing guitar up on top of a flaming supercar that's doing crazy stuff. And there's people using pole vaults to, to move. I mean, you could go. There's a lot of car chase material to grab from or spaceship chase or train. Uh, Dan will put in there. I got Snowpiercer in the mind now. Mm-hmm. You could do the traveling train and they're fighting through the train. Uh, train to Busan, Snowpiercer, all that stuff you could try to do too. So, and just I think that would be a lot of fun to, to have in a in a D and D campaign. Just something's moving fast, tight quarters. There's lots of stuff going on. Maybe you're getting bumped around a lot, so you're having to change positions a lot. I, that's the thing I think would really make it work is if positions were getting changed randomly, either from bumps and things happening and things remaneuvering. So at each turn, it almost feels like this fresh turn of, Oh my God, I can't do the thing I was going to do because now things have changed and I got to do this other thing or come up with something yeah. new to do. So I think, that'd no, be it's, uh, I mean, and this works for so many things. Like if you're not even, yeah. not even like that chase scene, but you're t- talking about a train, all those movies where they're fighting on top of the train and yeah. then like the tree branch comes and they have to jump over it and <laughs> stuff like that would be, that would be yeah. fun. And so maybe at, initiative count 20 you roll and there's a you know 60 percent chance that something's coming at you but yeah they don't know and the, and the people need know. to jump yeah do you need to jump try to do duck. something do you need to yeah, do this yeah. did you make a Athletics dexterity roll. save like yeah. <laughs> somebody fun. gets hit and left back on the tracks yeah. <laughs> so very cool or at least they're two cars back and they got to make their way back up or something right. and you know keep it very fun or you know the matrix was that way they're fighting on a highway on the top of semi trucks and mm people riding motorcycles by and just you could do everything with it i think it'd be really fun mm-hmm. so yeah i'm a big fan of movie references in games especially or just <laughs> references if you're if you if you know your players are a fan of this it's a lot of fun yeah. for them to just be like okay i'll buy into your silly narrative and you know because i always heard about the stories of there was a guy that really loved world of warcraft and he took a lot mm-hmm. of those boss monsters and put them in his D game and all of his world of warcraft friends were like this is hilarious and so yeah like it's it. fun yeah. so yeah. It's good times. You killed Arthas. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we occasionally play D and D and we talk about our games. Uh, sometimes Lucian, <laughs> are you playing any D and D recently? I'm, uh, deep into the dungeon of the mad mage. Although I'm really not. Cause I'm yeah, still I was like, aren't you on level, level. three? Yeah, like I'm not even a quarter. Way 27 into it. level dungeon or something crazy. <laughs> yeah. Level three. Um, it is a level. I still don't believe is too much of a spoiler because you find out about it or you hear about it. That skull port is somewhere here. Mm. Some found it, but we've at least found, um, water. So that might take us to where we're going to do. Um, it's been a fun level because it's been a level that has been filled with, um, without spoiling, factions there's lots of factions of things going on and i can tell in the book when they wrote it that they didn't just want to have this creature sits in this room and just kind of waits around for people they're they're trying to put some type of these this group is trying to accomplish this over on this side of the dungeon part level Mm -hmm. but this group over here is doing something and sometimes they interact and maybe they don't or maybe they do or maybe they've been fighting or Maybe they coexist in some way, or maybe there's a, a standoff of somehow, and the players just keep kind of happening into these different little things. So it's cool to meet up factions, and your players can decide, well, is this the faction we want to side with or this one? It's a lot of um, deciding between evils anyways. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's all stuff that's not good. Um, and Or sometimes you might say maybe they just got a bad rap. You don't know if they're – they haven't done any evil to me, so maybe – Maybe I'm okay with it until they do do evil with me, you know, to me or something. So we've been wandering around. Um, the flying Aarakocra came in handy um, exploring a, a couple of the river tunnels, which was fun. Um, although I think we have a ring of swimming that we might have given away or a ring of water breathing, and we didn't keep it. And now we're probably wishing that we probably should have at least for somebody at that point or some type of free action so we could really investigate these these mm-hmm. watery tunnels a, a little quicker. But it's been pretty fun. So it's been pretty 
action packed for sure. Um, we're getting a lot of dungeon delving in. Um, we're picking up different NPCs here and there too. Like we're saving some people from this area and they join us until they can get out. And then other people are dying off and, you know, some are, um, we have to chase back through the place when they escape us, that kind of thing. And so it's been pretty fun. I like it. It's definitely dungeon delvey. We're definitely on level three. I can't wait to kind of see what I, I always heard of Skullport, but I've never seen a map of Skullport. Mm. I've kind of purposely not went out and looked for it because I want to be excited about it. So, yeah. Uh, and and our dun- uh, the dungeon master is saying a tip for you, it's going to have a lot of NPCs. So, yeah. <laughs> so be prepared for that if you're running this one. There's lots of different NPCs. It's a high. And I think players like ability, to collect them. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's been that's been ours. So we've had a pretty good time. Um, that's our Tuesday night game. It's been super fun, and um, can't wait to kind of see where we go next. Or I don't know what's on level four when. When we'll get there, level five. I mean, we're really getting into it at this yeah, point. Yeah, so. Halaster. He's he's got a weird dungeon. So we bumped into him a couple of times, or at least simulacrums of them, Simulacrums or something's or going clones on, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's so. he's got. He, there's a lot of. Yeah, it's fun. I, I haven't read Dungeon <laughs> of the Mad Mage yet, but knowing Halaster, like, it, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. There's shenanigans going on. There's some dungeon shenanigans. So, but what about Jordan's games? You look at all this time you have to talk about your games. You get to really go. Oh full my board. gosh! Oh, oh, let's stretch. Get ready for this. <laughs> okay. Um, Rod of seven parts. Uh, players are having a good time. They jumped into uh, Pandemonium, which Pandemonium. is a plane on the Great Wheel of D and D cosmology, and it is called the Windswept Plains of Pandemonium. Uh, because the whole plane is a giant chunk of rock, but there's these magical winds that blow with such force that over the like eons that it's been there, it has chiseled away chunks of rock um, so that it's like Swiss cheese now. And Mm. the lower you go, the less tunnels there are because it's just, that's how it works. So higher up. Um, anyway, and my players are there because they have to uh, encounter the, or they're looking for the final rod fragment, and the big baddie of the uh, of the module is Miska the Wolf Spider, and mm-hmm. Miska has the last fragment like either embedded in him or just like sealed up with him in some way, and and so they have to go and, and get this rod fragment and figure out what to do with it. Uh, no chance of just stealing it. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> um, but Miska is imprisoned in Pandemonium in a plane of, or in a cocoon of law is what the book says. And it kind of le- lets you interpret that as you wish. But it's this lawful, magical prison that he's in. Um, and anyway, so uh, I, I researched Pandemonium a bunch. Uh, ri- the river Styx flows through it. So that's kind of interesting. Um, and certain spells don't work. Like the wish spell doesn't work in Pandemonium. Any mm-hmm. fire-based magic uh, gets blown away and, and doesn't doesn't happen. Um, there are things that are specific to pandemonium. Any any uh, like fog cloud or cloud kill gets blown away immediately, so those spells don't work. Um, wow. And so I wrote up a bunch of these things for like second edition. I was like, okay, this is how second edition handles pandemonium, and then I updated it. And there's a there's a madness factor because you are just constantly hearing wind and you can't really hear your other players or, or your, your teammates. Now we've gotten around that by, they are casting a, a telepathy spells that they can talk to each other and they just cast that every, every hour. Or so it's a ritual spell. Um, so they can talk to each other and that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of spooky and weird. So mm-hmm. I have a, I have a couple of madness tables that I took from uh, the dungeon master's guide and basically, at the start of the day, I'm going to have them make a wisdom saving throw. And then if they ever roll a natural one, I have them make another wisdom saving throw to see if they get an extra layer of madness. And these layers will kind of stack up until, you know, bad things start happening. And so they want to find shelter and, and get a way to recuperate that. Uh, currently, they're looking for a city. It's like the only town city in Pandemonium, and it's called the Madhouse. And it's a, sure. it's a weird, bizarre... <laughs> Uh, like a, a marketplace because pandemonium doesn't have anything to sell. And mm-hmm. so basically people that come here will sell things and buy things. And so they, they, they're just kind of like a weird trading post 
almost. Uh, and that, that'll be fun. I've got a bunch of NPCs, and they see that off in the distance. We left uh, on Wednesday where they have to get over the river sticks, and they have to figure out what's going on there. Uh, they met an interesting little, uh, I think I believe it's called a darrow. It's kind of like a dark oh, yeah. gnome. And I used a darrow. Mm-hmm. I found a really cool darrow that I like, and I used him. And he is wind crazy because he's got the wind madness. <laughs> and so he was doing all kinds of things. He ended up leaving them a luck blade, which is a blade that can cast, cast the wish spell. Um, and so it's kind of fun because I've always wanted to give these big, powerful items to see what they're going to do with it. And they're all just like, what in the what? We could do anything with this. It's kind of amazing. Uh, and on top of that, he was like, uh, Brenna, who plays Rikiri, Rikiri gave this guy something like some food or something. And so as a reward, he's like, well, here, you can take one of my cards. And that was the deck of many things. And so she pulled a card and luckily it was a good card. And she actually leveled up immediately and she got a a wondrous (laughs) item. I think it was a drift globe. I rolled randomly for it, but it was so funny because the minute I'm like, well, he's got this deck of cards and you just see everyone's face like, Oh, and like every, no, no. And the veteran (laughs) players like, uh, well, Brenna's played D and D before, but I think, uh, Ted and LB um, and Lex have played a lot of D&D uh, in the past. And so all of them were just immediately like, nope, nope, not touching it. And I'm like, "Do you? are you sure you don't want a card? And they're, nope, nope, nope. And then after the game finished, Ted messages me and he's like, what would I have gotten if I pulled a card? And so I did another random card. card. And I'm like, you <laughs> would have a minus two to all of your saving throws permanent. Yeah. And he's like, yep, it's probably good that I didn't do that. <laughs> so... Uh, it, it, she was very lucky, um, but that was fun. Uh, I don't, and we talk about this too, like uh, things, are you failing as a dungeon master in a way? And I, I kind of feel like I am because I described pandemonium, but I didn't know how to push those effects other than like you, mm-hmm. you meet the saving throw and it's dark and they're like, okay, I guess we just keep walking. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. this needs to feel like treacherous i was imagining that you were gonna ramp up the wind in their headphones so loud that they could barely hear each other or you and force them to be like what's going on you know i just really play it out (laughs) i 100 thought about doing that but they have this mental connection spell so i decided against it yeah i think it would still bug you I i think even if you had a mental connection the noise in your ears would still be overriding that in your brain it'd be like just music plan you know yeah and so you allowed him to communicate and i was i don't know but like i don't know i might i might think of something but i like that idea because i want to see him do sign language or i want to see him mime stuff out because all of a sudden it's not working or yeah i think that'd be fun for them to and take up some time in the session it'd be pretty fun and cool but yeah i was wondering like when you first said that like in my mind i was like all right uh jordan give us exactly what you wrote down or what you said when they step into the planes of pandemonium, because that's hard to visualize. And as a dungeon master, this is your chance to step in and really evocatively describe, which would, I think I would, if I'm prepping that session, that piece, the first step onto the plane would be the thing I would worry about the most because I'd want to get it right. And I'd be writing and writing and writing. I'd have to script it because there's no way I'd want to just leave it to. Yeah me thinking about it, but I'd, I'd really want to craft that opening scene. That would be the one time I'd feel a little bit like Mercer where a lot of times when you walk into the scene in his games, he's got a very evocative description of how it's that scene's going to start. Could go crazy after that players could be doing all kinds of crazy stuff, but he's always got that setup of, Mm -hmm. all right, you're entering the cavern you hear the leaking water and you see that the, this and that and all this has a really good start to it. So I'd want to nail that I'd spend all week trying to figure out how I was going to nail them walking into pandemonium. So that's got to be a little pressure on the dungeon master to to get that right. Uh, It's, it's weird. I mean, if your players wind up in the abyss and you Mm -hmm. want it to be like, there's a reason nobody goes here. Like, how do you, Mm -hmm. I don't know. You can describe it all day, but I feel like there needs to be real life. Um, like you're shining hair dryers on them. And something, you're like, something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, and if I was playing at the table, I probably would put like some creepy music on or something. Cause we always listen to yeah. music, but I can't do that when I'm streaming because of royalties and things like that, but I could yeah. do wind wind stuff. So I don't know, maybe I'll add that to the podcast or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. But, and I wonder if you could do it to where 
the audio that's going to the streamers aren't hearing that, yeah. but it's your players that are hearing it through Discord if they're talking to each right. other through Discord or something, and they're hearing it. Um, and it just makes it a little tougher on them to to really bring that home, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know. It'd be interesting. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't like it. Maybe you wouldn't want to do it for the whole session. Right, right, right. Maybe enough that they get the point. Like enough. <laughs> that, like, oh, my God. Okay. This sucks. We want to get out of here because nobody wants to stay in pandemonium. Mm-hmm. That is not a plane you want to hang out in for very long right. as a human or a, you know, a typical adventurer. Yeah. I would think. Yeah. It's, it's, it's spooky. <laughs> Um, cool. and then, uh, yeah, we're, and then I'm, I'm playing my wild mount game. Uh, we're mm-hmm. playing again tonight. I think we're coming towards the, the end of, uh, what the, the DM. Well, I feel like there's us. a wrap up, right? Cause you guys are already talking about what the game is after that, right? Yeah. He's got a whole other world that he's building right now. Um, it's yeah, really cool. So, uh, well, and so, yeah, this is getting, it's getting wrapped up. I'm not sure so no if more we Josh have a? like, I don't know, a month left or two months or something, but, uh, it's fun. So yeah, we, we kind of jumped in and, uh, were infiltrating, uh, an area. They, they were, they, they were evil cultists that were like sacrificing, uh, priests of cord to a demonic plant. And we were like, well, that's not okay. Uh, and so <laughs> th- a fight ensued and we had a good time with the fight. Uh, and Maybe then Seymour. I got to you. Yeah. <laughs> I got to use a new spell. Uh, that I took when I leveled up called Steel Wind Strike. And this is a really fun spell for wizards, and I think uh, other classes can get it too. But you have to have uh, one of the casting components is some kind of uh, material weapon, like a dagger or something. And then Mm -hmm. you disappear, and you can attack up to five creatures in a a 30-foot radius around you. And every time you attack them, you have to do um, a spell attack to see if you hit. So it's like an area of effect, but you have to like you know individual hits on each of those. Uh, it does. Let me look, let me look it up. Six d ten force damage. Ooh, that's um, a good one. And when we did this, I, I took this spell and I'm like, man, I want to crit on this spell so bad. It would be so much fun. And then the first monster, I did a crit. So that's twelve d six or twelve d ten force damage. Uh, and yeah. it, it was fun. So uh, I, I think I attacked three creatures because that's all that was in range. But everyone at the table was like, what spell is that? I've never even heard of that spell. Where is that? <laughs> I was like, it's in Xanathar's, guys. It's just like a regular yeah, spell. Xanathar. That's a good It's one. a really good spell. It's an anime spell. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was funny because I was like, yeah, I'm like Nightcrawler. And I just disappeared. I like yeah. pop up and I'm like poke and then I leave. And my character's yeah. a blue tiefling, so they're like, oh, that fits perfectly. Oh, so. you, you were yelling Banff each yeah. time you did it then, for <laughs> there sure. There was a bunch of, uh, uh, there was a lot of X-Men jokes and stuff. It was fun. <laughs> um, but So I got to use that really cool uh, spell, and that was fun, and mm-hmm. I liked that. Uh, and we left with um, more baddies kind of running in, like, the, like a, a more powerful guy. So I assume we're going to have to fight him tonight. Um, we'll see what's going on. So... And then I Very think cool. I think they're going to wait until Tasha's is out. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll be able to join this new campaign, uh, mostly because just time. Uh, and I can I can really do like I can run one game and I can play in one, but I, I can't. Now that I have got the baby and stuff, there's just too much responsibility to try and do more than that. <laughs> uh, so I might not if I'm still going to do online games. I don't know if I'll be able to uh, play in this one, but we'll see. We shall see. Well, wait, what about, I mean, we got to be getting close to the end of Rod of Seven Parts. That, yeah, that is also ending. But we've been talking with them, and I don't know if they want to continue or if, uh, like, maybe maybe Lex or um, Ted wants to run something. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, because they all love the characters. And originally I said, like, we'd be done around this time. Uh, yeah. but it's one of those things where you commit to that and you're like, okay, cool. But now we're all, but we really like playing with each other. Like, we like we'd him. like to yeah, keep I, I going. I like Josh. Yeah. You know, something <laughs> be fun. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. All right. Uh, but yeah, that is, that is my life. That's our show. Game. Wrap us up, man. Uh, that's our show. Uh, well, thank you so much for watching, liking and yeah. subscribing. Thanks Tell you what I'm going to try and do in the next week. Uh, okay. I want to make some emojis for our channel for the Saturday morning wow. D show. Uh, you can leave a comment in this video, or uh, you can email me at Jordan with a PH in the middle at gmail.com. 
Um, do you want our faces? Like, what would be a fun emoji to have on this channel? Um, so I'm trying to what think of classic? like, what is just some, some funny emojis. Cause I could do easy ones like the D and D ampersand or our show logo, but I, I want something that might be like, Oh no, something like that speaks yeah. Saturday morning, Dungeons and Dragons. Probably show. Need, something that now that I think about it, we need a dungeon crawl classics, like beer Stein or something. Beer. I was just yeah. going to say, yeah, for take, take your drink and Dan um, will take your so drink. Anytime I say, reference. I mentioned dungeon crawl classics, <laughs> you can use that emoji. So that'd be funny. Um, but yeah, like faces, we, uh, yeah, somebody says, uh, our faces in a D20 says BK Dan. So we could definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. Drink says Danimal. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, if you guys have cool ideas, I'm going to check this video throughout the week, uh, for comments and then I will, uh, I will be making some emojis cause I know how to make, we need it. So we need an emoji Demogorgon cause I don't think anybody has that. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Coffee cup with a D20. I like it. This is all good stuff. (laughs) um thank you guys so much uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna bounce and we will be back next week with another episode of the saturday morning dnd show until then game on be awesome and uh hug your neighbor take care yeah bye Our intro and outro music is 8-Bit March by Twin Musicom, licensed under Creative Commons. Check out their website at www.twinmusicom.org. 